Well, good morning. One verse this morning we're going to look at, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, for which God has prepared in advance for us to walk into. You know that song that we sang, It Is Well With My Soul, is about a, a family who was coming over to... Israel to meet their father Horatio Spafford and on the way the daughters were in a the boat uh, sunk daughters died an incredible grief in the family and Horatio Spafford was a man who loved the Lord and he began in Israel a ministry to to the Jewish people there who were displaced. The British owned Israel at the time. They were the ruling authorities, and a lot of Jewish folks were sent out to find another spot. And so Horatio Spafford began what is called the American Colony Hotel. And there, those Jews that were set out had a place of refuge. And Horatio Spafford, in the midst of incredible grief and sorrow, found strength in the Lord, and his life was used to reflect the glory of the Lord. It's a beautiful song, and it was a life that reflected the love of God. We are God's workmanship. I love art. I've had the opportunity to to travel a lot of the world, and I, I've been to some of the most amazing museums, and I've looked at some of the greatest masterpieces. I love the beauty. I, I love the reflection of, of God's creation all around. And when we look at art like these paintings up here, we are drawn to the beauty or to the color or to the the place something draws in our heart that moves us. But as we look at paintings or sculptures, these masterpieces, as we look at these paintings up here, initially I think we're drawn to the beauty or the place, but I would hope that the next question becomes, and who is the painter? of this beautiful piece? Who is the sculptor of such an incredible form? These paintings were done by a dear sister of mine named Kayleen Gordon many years ago when she was just in college. She's the painter, but there's a painter behind her who is the Lord Jesus. And that's who she reflects. And then she reflects that onto her own paintings. We are his workmanship. That is who the Lord calls us through Paul. We are his creation. The Lord is trying to say through Paul in Ephesians and remind us of our identity in Jesus Christ, isn't he? 
He speaks to us over and over again about our position in Christ, that we are placed in Him, that we are heirs, that we are sealed, that we are adopted in, we are His children, our identity in Christ Jesus. For we are His workmanship. It's connected to the previous verses that we looked at last week. Paul was speaking about salvation by grace. And then he goes on to say, You are saved by grace, not of yourselves, so that no man can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God's prepared in advance. We we can't boast in our salvation. And what he's saying is, and neither can you boast in these good works that you're doing. They all come from the Lord. We, we want to boast and we want to take pride and we want people to see, don't we, in our flesh, what we have done. And he's saying, listen, you are God's creation. You are saved by grace. And all of these things that you are living out, which is Christ, is from him. And we can do that in our weakness, like Horatio Spafford did. It's new covenant living, isn't it? We are not confident in anything of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 3, but our competency comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our life. His life lived in us. We are His. It's emphatic in the Greek. We belong to Him. All of our life is due to His work. It's due to Him giving us His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. We are His workmanship. Psalm 100 says this, Know that the Lord is God, and it is He who has made us, and we are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. We are His poema, workmanship. It means we are His creation. It's where we get the word poem from. Poema. This is who we are. And you picture a lot of time and a lot of thought were his masterpiece. God has made us in his image. I think often of the word that the Lord uses when he made woman that he fashioned her, took a lot of time. Us husbands are incredibly thankful for that, aren't we, husbands? Because they are beautiful. Fashioned by the Creator God. And when we start to realize our identity in Christ, we're his creation, we're his poem, we're his masterpiece, we're people of the Lord, it should give us a sense of great value in who we are in Christ. It should give us a a place of security before the Father that He takes great pleasure in His creation, you and me. We don't have to do for Him. We don't have to do more for Him so that He will love us more. We are His poema. His delight. 
Remember Jesus when he was baptized by John the Baptist? And John baptized him and he raised up out of the water. And out of the sky came a voice. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. What had Jesus done at that point? Not a thing, ministry-wise. What is true of Christ is true of us. Remember? We are adopted in. We are heirs to the throne. We are children of God. What is true of Christ is true of us. Dear children, you and I, the Lord is well pleased in his creation. You need to know your identity in Christ. We are his workmanship. We are his. We belong to him. I am pleased with who he is. The only other time we see this word in the, in the language, in the Bible, is in Romans 1.20. Here's what it says in Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, they have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made from his poema so that people are without excuse. Romans 1.20 So what's the purpose of his creation, of his poem, of his masterpiece? What's the purpose for you and me? To reveal, to make seen, to make understood, to make known, to glorify the Father in our beauty. You can't just look at a painting and go, oh, that's nice. You go, who is the painter behind this painting? The poema glorifies God and we are his poema. Matthew 5.16 says this, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are His creation. And we are created in Christ Jesus. Being created in Christ Jesus means that we have life in Christ. It means that because of Jesus, because of His death on the cross, and thank God for His resurrection... And as we believe upon Him, we are given life. We are His workmanship, created, given life in Christ Jesus. We've become a whole new person. That's the beauty and that's the good news. Because remember, we were dead in our transgressions and in our sins. And we've been made alive. And what the scriptures speak of us, our identity in Christ, is we are made new. We aren't just a paint job over a messy spot on the wall. We are a move that bus, new creation. It's a whole new house. That's who you are. The blood of Christ does that for us. 
You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And that's why 2 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, and you are, those of you who have placed your, your faith and your life and you have surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, if anyone is in Christ, and you are, then he is a new creature, a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. You've been given new life. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are transformed, metamorphous from the inside out. That's the free gift that we talked about last week that is given to each one of us. Our Lord Jesus died on the cross for our sin. That if we should believe upon him, we would not perish but have life. That's the good news. And we are created in Him. And what's the purpose? For good works. There's purpose attached to the new creation. We are created for good works. I try to remind my children of this all the time as they mow the lawn and as they make their bed. I tell them, dear children, you're created for this. Praise the Lord. (laughs) And I bring them right to the Scriptures, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, dear boys, both to will and to work for the Father's good pleasure. (laughs) And do all things, of course, without grumbling or complaining. (laughs) Amen and hallelujah. But don't miss Philippians 2.13. It is God who is at work in us. And the work in us is to, to, to live out His will. And He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. None of this is accomplished, right? Without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why He says, stop trying to do it in your own strength. I'm the one who's doing the work in you. You're saved by grace. These works are by grace. It's all me doing this work in you. Because I love you just the way you are, but I refuse to let you stay that way. Because I'm making you into my image. That's who we are in Christ. We are living out, and it's His pleasure, it's His delight. We are created for good works. You know, what do you think of right away when you think of good works? I'm sure lots of different images pop into your brain. What does that mean, Lord? How does that play out in my life? Last year, I remember just an amazing picture uh, on the news. It was actually uh, on Channel 7. And all of these uh, beautiful, young, Coal Valley Christian kids were at Channel 7, and they were, they were bringing in and unloading and, and uh, all kinds of turkeys and chickens and, and canned goods and and giving food out, and they're out there in the middle of the snow, and, and it was just delightful. It was good works. And at the same time, I sat there watching, kind of feeling guilty <laughs> that I wasn't out there helping hand out all that stuff. I loved what God was doing through them. 
But God does different work in each of us. If we're created for good works, what does that look like? We know we're called to good works. It says this in Colossians 1.10, Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. Are good works just serving at the rescue mission? Are, are good works just helping your elderly neighbor? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Is this what God is asking of us? I think that's part of it. I was talking with a dear friend the other day, and, and they said, you know what, this time of year especially, I get all kinds of invitations to do all kinds of good works. And maybe you're receiving the same. Will you come help with this and help with this project and, and, and do this and, and step into this play and, and we've got Christmas time coming up and we're working on that. And then we've got all these Thanksgiving things to do. And she said, you know what, I, I want to I serve the Lord. But then all of a sudden I just start feeling overwhelmed with all these good works that I'm supposed to be doing apparently. And then she really starts to feel guilty. It's like, I, I, I don't know how to meet all these needs. And how do I do this? And I think sometimes we get in that place. And I want to tell you something. That's not where the Lord is calling you. To have to meet every need that's out there. He's calling us to live His life out through the power of His Holy Spirit. And trust me, it's not the Lord who's laying that guilt trip on you. It's the enemy. He's wanting to work on you. I think the Spirit will prompt us sometimes. Say, hey, I want you to use your life. Guilt doesn't come from the Father. He wants you to use your life as the Lord is leading to step in to these beautiful people who need help. And, and you know what? It's, it's an honest wrestle that we have. Lord, where do you want me to be used? Am I supposed to do all these good things? I really like what Charles Spurgeon said about what these good works might be. What are we created for? He says this. He says, I look at the works and I see works in our lives that are works of obedience, works of love, works of faith, and acts of common life. By works of obedience, he means obeying the commands of Scripture. That's a good work. Works of love includes both love for God and love for our fellow man, with an eye to God's glory. Works of faith, to all that we do in reliance upon God and His promises. By acts of common life, He means whatever we do at home, on work, traveling, sick in bed, that we do all to the glory of God. In other words, the entire bent of our lives and after we have been saved by God's grace, grace should be lived to please Him. All of those things are are good works. 
and loving God and loving others. As the Spirit leads. We are saved by grace for good works. And I want to be very clear. Paul is not saying that we are saved by good works. We're saved by grace. But he is saying that we have been given life to now live out the life of Christ, and it is towards good works. It has purpose. Good works end up being truly an evidence in our life that you and I have received life, salvation, because Christ's life is now pouring out through us. I say this almost every week, for it is I who no longer live, Galatians 2.20, but Christ who is living through me. Isn't that true? I'm not saved by my works, but I am saved to live out the life of Christ. And guess what? God is a good God who is using our lives to invest in each other's lives and into broken humanity and to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're created for this. We've been given new life for this. He wants to use our lives. We have impact in this world. We've been given every spiritual blessing, Ephesians tells us, poured out to offer life and loving God and loving others. God wants to use your life. Mother Teresa says, we know only too well that we are, what we are doing is nothing more than a drop in the ocean. But if the drop were not there, the ocean would be missing something. It'd be missing God's masterpiece, which is you. Would reflect the love of God. Now this is where it gets fun. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance for us to walk into. Your, your uh, NIV, I think, says, for you to do. It's not the best translation, quite honestly. It's for us to walk into and to keep on walking. He has prepared in advance these works for us to do. I think that statement should give us incredible freedom. I think this verse should truly wash away that guilt that gets laid on us. Because God's doing the work here. He's prepared in advance. It's not up to us to arrange all these good works that we have to do for God. And therefore, somehow finding more pleasure from God that, that we think He'll be happier with us. You're His beautiful creation. And He's doing the work. Remember, we can't boast in these things. We can't boast in our salvation, and we cannot boast in all the good work that God is doing in this world. The joy is he wants to use our lives. Thank God for that. God has set in place good works for us to enter into. 
God is the one who is doing it all. And the only thing that we boast in is we boast in the Lord, right? That's all we can boast in. I boast in my beautiful Savior who has done this work. God has prepared in advance for us to do. I found out uh, several weeks ago there was a, a gal in our body, and I found out there was just a need. She needed some firewood. And the winter is coming, and, and uh, she just needed firewood to heat her home. And so I heard of the need. And so I went and I talked to some people. I'd like to let's figure out a way that maybe that we can fill this need. And here's the fun. And this is what I love about this body. And again, for me, I was just prompted by the Spirit. You know, I don't know why it was me. I just happened to, to catch the need. Could have been any of you. But the Lord prompted me. And so I went and talked to some brothers and sisters. I said, hey, I don't know what we can do. Maybe we can all pitch in a little bit of money and buy a quart of wood or whatever. Or I have a little bit of wood. I mean, I don't have a lot. And I actually burn wood myself to, to heat the home. But I can maybe give a portion. And maybe some of you others have, have some wood that we can all you know, donate a little bit and make it a lot. And one of my buddies says, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I cut like uh, 10 cords uh, this summer. And uh, I'm not going to use that wood. Why don't you just come over to the house and bring a couple of rigs and whatever you need. Let's load it up. I love how God works that way. Bigger and, and more. Do you remember us talking about God's abundance? Every spiritual blessing. That God doesn't live in this economy of ours. His economy is abundance. I got all the wood you need. So we went over and, and we did all that. But here's the deal. I told my middle son, Josh, I said, Josh, tomorrow morning we're going to get up and we're going to go get some wood for a gal in our body who needs some wood. And so I'm going to wake you up early in the morning and we're going to go. The Father has prepared in advance good works for you to step into. Now I want you to know something. Josh didn't have to do a thing. He didn't have to think this up. He didn't have to get the wood together. He didn't have to figure out the trucks. He didn't figure out to figure out the directions on how to get to the house. He didn't have to do any of that. All I did is I woke him up in the morning, I stirred him up, and he hopped in the truck with me, and then we went and got the wood. And you know what was really cool? Is Josh had the best time loading that wood up. He was the guy in the truck who would stack it all and then he would hand it out once we got there. And he had a great day loving this woman who needed some wood. All I did was say, Josh, I want you to come with me. Do you hear the Father doing that? I've prepared in advance good works for you to step into. I want you to join me. You know what the best part of Josh's day was? Truly. Was hanging out with Dad. He loves hanging out with Dad. And I love that. He loves hanging out with Dad. But do you see that relationship for you and me? 
It's a joy, isn't it? It's life-bearing. It's life-giving. I've prepared in advance good works for you to walk into, that you might have life. I've prepared good works for you to step into, that you get to be with the Father in living his life out. And I think we should be asking, like Paul did after he was converted on the road to Damascus, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? Lord, what is it that you would have me do? And the Lord said, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that has appointed for you to do. Go there, and I will prepare that for you. You're God's masterpiece. And we enter into good works so that people, as they watch our lives, they would ask the question, who is this artist? And all the glory would go to our Lord. I've prepared in advance good works ahead of time that you might walk in them to continue in. It's our path that we walk through. It's part of our everyday life. It's works that he's prepared in advance, works not for us to work in them, but to walk in them. I've prepared these things not for you to work and to somehow you have to do. I've prepared so that you might walk into them. And I'll just tell you from my own personal Christian life, the way that works for me is truly just that the, the, the Lord Jesus, through his Spirit, he gets me up out of bed. He rustles me a little. He, he stirs me a little bit. He prompts my spirit. How do I know which homeless person on the street asking for food I should give money to? I think he'll prompt our spirit. Because he's prepared in advance which person you should be giving money to or bringing a, a bag of groceries to. That's the way the Lord works. He works in our lives that way. Serving God becomes a joy of our lives. And we walk this way. You see, it's, it's a finishing statement. We used to walk led by the power of the enemy. We used to live this sinless life and live in the flesh. We used to walk in the ways of the world. That's who we used to be. Now we walk in the goodness and in the life of Jesus Christ. That's how he finishes out this paragraph. You used to walk one way, and now you walk this way. In the life of Christ, that's what we're called to do. My father always would say this, and it's, it's been a theme of my life as he's trained me up. But he would always say, just show up. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for you to walk into. So just show up. And enjoy time with the Father as you do good works that are prompted by the Spirit. You don't have to do everything that this guy or this gal is doing. Do you? You do what God is calling you to do.
No guilt upon you. You should have been out there feeding the people those chickens and turkeys. It's like, you know what? You know what? God called those Coal Valley Christian kids. That was beautiful. They got to use their life for God. And you know what? I mean, what a cool avenue. Channel 7 broadcast it. Hey, who's the, who's the artist behind that painting? That's your life, this masterpiece. Let me just share a story with you to wrap up. And it's about, it's about showing up. And the joy of living in the Lord. And what it means to, to say, okay, Father, I hear your prompting. Even though you may not want to do it. I got a call about a year ago. And a wife called, broken and in tears. And her husband walked out on her. They had a beautiful little boy. And she said, I don't know what to do. My husband wants nothing to do with me. And I don't know how to handle the money situation. He, he, you know, we're just not in good financial shape. And so it went on, and pretty quickly, uh, there was to be a divorce. The papers were filed. But here's what happened in the middle of this. I get this phone call about a month after the initial deal, and it's the husband who walked out. I don't know this guy. And he says, hey, uh, Mr. Ritchie, I was wondering if we could meet. Uh, I just want to talk to you about what's going on. And I've got to be real honest. I didn't want to meet with this guy. I actually wanted to punch him square in the nose. You know? This guy had done incredible damage to his beautiful bride. And I said, okay, I'll meet with you. So we met down at Asiago's downtown. And the guy shows up. And again, I just, was, I just was not happy with who he was. And he said, I don't know what the deal is, but I, would, um, I want to try to reconcile with my wife. And I'm not sure if that's even possible. And he goes, the other thing is, is my wife was a woman who who loved Jesus. My wife was a woman who pursued the Lord. And I want to understand that more. And i got to be honest, I didn't believe him. I thought he was using it as a way to get back into relationship with his wife. You know, play the Christian card now, you know. I said, well, listen, I'll call your, your wife. The divorce papers hadn't gone through. I go, I'll call your wife and see if she's even open to that but I doubt it. And he said, well, either way, I still would like for you and me to meet to talk about spiritual things. I'm like, oh, geez, Lord, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I, called, I called his wife that day, and I said, listen, your husband would maybe like to reconcile with you. And she goes, you know what, Rod? The divorce papers are right on my table all signed, and it's done. That particular day that we had lunch, it had shown up, and it was a done deal. And she goes, the other thing is, I want nothing to do with him, which I totally understood. But this husband 
said he wanted to keep meeting with me to talk about spiritual things. I didn't prepare that work. I didn't do that. The Lord did that, and he prepared in advance this for me to step into. And I, I was honestly like Jonah with the Ninevites. I was like, just blow, nuke this guy. <laughs> right? That's our flesh. The Lord's saying, I want to use you in this. And so we started to meet weekly. And we started to talk really only about the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. And then one time we met at this coffee house and, and he's talking about the Bible. It was probably three or four months later. He's talking about the Bible in such a way that it was like, wow, you're, you're almost talking like you've accepted Jesus Christ. And he's all, oh yeah, Rod, I did that two months ago. <laughs> He goes, remember when you told me about the prodigal? Remember when you told me about the love of Jesus with, with Nicodemus? And he goes, I went home that one night and I invited Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. And I'm like, that's not right. You're supposed to do that with me. <laughs> you see, I need the credit for this. <laughs> and then we just kept meeting in the Lord. And then you know what happened? the ex-wife started to soften a little bit. And he started to grow in the Lord. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago? Why do we expect ungodly people to live godly lives? He was living a life in the darkness without Christ. And then all of a sudden, his life became transformed. And somehow God wants to use us in the mix as hands and feet but all glory goes to God. And so I kept meeting with them, and I met with them individually, and I met with them together. And they started to fall in love again. And this time, the husband as a man who started to love Jesus Christ. And so a month ago, at the little white chapel at BSU, All glory to God, right? i got to marry them. And he gave her this cross that he had melted both of their old rings into a cross. You know, all I can do is I can say, Lord, wow, thanks for letting me be part of that. Thanks for preparing in advance good works for me to step into. So that people would say, as they witness that wedding and as they witness their new marriage, who is the painter of this masterpiece? For you are God's creation, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance for us to walk into. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Lord, we thank you that it's not about us. We thank you that we are saved by grace and we thank you that our lives that are used for you in these good works are all from you. 
Lord, wherever your Spirit is leading us, would you move us that we might walk into those things? Because I love hanging out with you, Father. And so, Lord Jesus, would your Spirit fill this room? Would you move lives in this room? So that as this dear body lives out your life, that people can do nothing but ask, who created this masterpiece? We love you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.